What is the most popular question that tennis parents ask? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Adult tennis players, sign up for my novice and intermediate level tennis classes right here in Miami in the heart of Coconut Grove on Monday and Tuesday nights. All you got to do to register for class is log on to BackhandCity.com to reserve your spot. Each session starts at 7.30 p.m. Well, today's topic, what is the most popular tennis question that parents ask? And to find out, I went to the Biltmore Hotel's Robert Gomez, who runs his own academy called Tier 1 Tennis, and he's going to dive into some of the questions that parents have about finding the correct tennis coach for your child. Take a listen. Okay, so today we're going to talk about finding the right coach for your child. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different players from all over the country. Um, if for no other reason, the Easter Bowl, the Orange Bowl, a lot of different national events that were being held here in the South Florida area exposed us to numerous players from all over. And they would want to jump into one of our programs, have me set them up with a practice match to get them prepared for, for their competitions or hook them up with one of our coaches or myself, whatever the case might be. And inevitably, the parents would say something to the effect of, oh my gosh, Robert, we wish you were in Dallas. We wish you were in Kansas, where you were in New York. It would be great if we could bring you back with us. But we understand that that's not gonna happen. So we're kind of in the market for a new coach. What do you think we should be looking for in a coach? And over the years, I guess little by little, I've created a, a scenario like, okay, so what should they be looking for? And, I, and I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that at the end of the day, the most important thing is to find someone that cares about your kid, that believes in your child, that thinks that they have potential, thinks that they can work with them, and really wants to work with your child. Because it's easy to say, well, find someone that's a master coach, has this incredible track record producing gold ball champions and state level champions, etc., which is nice, obviously. But if that coach doesn't really care about your kid or believe in your child, really, what good is it? So I think first and foremost, you need to find someone that really likes your kid and wants to work with your kid. Once you've established that and found that, then obviously you also ideally would have someone that's got a good track record. You would look to see what players they've worked with for how long, how many years experience do they have? Do they have a program where there's other kids that your child can mix in with and you know, you're looking for a good culture, you know, a healthy competitive environment uh, where the kids are working with each other, helping each other. And 
I've been fortunate enough over the years to have had large programs anywhere from 20 to 40 kids on a given day coming out and training with us. Um, I always personally felt that for me, working with players, the most that I could take on as, let's say, I'll call it their developmental team leader, right? So we've got a team, there's the player, there's the parent, and then there's the coach. Um, now, the way things are going, now you've got a strength training coach and you've also got a mental toughness coach, so it's grown a little bit over the years. But if we just go back to the traditional player, parent, and coach, um, I felt like I could work with anywhere from like eight to 12 players and do a really good job uh, throughout the year, you know, helping them with their developmental plans, their schedule, uh, their competitions, be able to travel coach them um, when possible, et cetera. Um, anything over that, I feel like I'm kind of overextending myself and I'm not going to do quite the job that I'd like to. Um, so you're taking a look to see, you know, what coach checks out those boxes. And once you've found that, then you can say, okay, I think this is where we want to hang our hat um, and let the coach take over, let him do his thing. Um, obviously, it also depends a bit on the stage of development of where your child is. Uh, so are you looking for someone that is going to put a racket in your seven-year-old's hand, um, teach them the fundamentals, teach them how to enjoy the game, how to have fun while working hard and improving? Or are you talking about someone that's already playing, let's say, in the 12 and under state level events? Um, so obviously they're a little bit older, much more experienced. Or are you looking, you know, you've got a child that's in that 15 to 16 age range and, you know, freshman, sophomore in high school, they've got a national ranking and they're looking to get to that next level to make it to the last two days of the event and preparing themselves, you know, for, you know, for the college experience and, you know, that college process, that recruiting process. So there's obviously, you know, different stages and there's different types of coaches, right? There's developmental coaches that are going to start you from scratch, have a tremendous amount of patience and, and really know how to bring along a player step by step and also bring along the parents, educating the parents, um, and that they enjoy doing that. Um, then you've got, like I said, the more developmental coach, uh, competitive developmental coach that knows how to take an 11 year old and look down the road and see, well, what's this kid going to be playing like or what should this child be playing like at 14, 15 um, and helping them along the way. And then, of course, like I said before, like the more high performance, you know, uh, upper tier competitive player. Uh, that's a different type of coach. That's usually going to require some more experience. They may have a stronger playing background. They can relate um, to that player's uh, needs and what they're going through. You know, when they're playing at Kalamazoo or they're playing the Orange Bowl, they've either played there themselves or they've coached players that have played there. Uh, I don't think you necessarily have to have been a phenomenal player to have been a great coach, to be a great coach, uh, but you definitely need to have experience in working with players that have competed at those tournaments and, and hopefully that they won um, and had success at those tournaments, you know, if not necessarily winning the tournament, but, uh, but definitely going and making a deep run. So those are some of the things that I feel that are important um, when you're looking for, for that coach uh, and, you know, who's going to work with your kid. And that I think that there's a balance, you know, in some cases it might be, 
you just want this coach to give them private instruction, uh, really help them technically, making sure that their fundamentals uh, don't have any long-term issues that could prevent them from, let's say, having a shot that's a weapon um, because their their grip is too exaggerated. You know, what, whatever the case might be, it's a full Western forehand or they've got too much of an Eastern on their serve, whatever the case might be. Um, or they're very limited in terms of the patterns that they play. They, they're solid from the baseline. They keep a lot of balls in the court. They're winning at the ages of 12 and 14 because of their consistency and athleticism and keeping a lot of balls in the court. And players are you know, quite often just losing matches to them. But if they're not really working on weapons at 15, 16, and going into the 18, it's going to be difficult for them to continue to have that same success because players will start to catch up and everyone starts to get pretty consistent at 15 and 16 if they're working hard enough. But if someone's been working on that weapon development and they've got a one-two punch that can, you know, kind of knock you off the court, then, uh, you know, they'll get the best of you. So I think it's important to to make sure that the coach that you're working with does have that long-term plan uh, in mind for your child and as, as they're developing. And that uh, as you're looking for that coach, you're, you're looking for someone that's got that track record. But again, we go back to, how much does that coach really care about your kid? If they've got that, even if they don't have a tremendous amount of experience, sometimes that can overcome any lack of experience and or knowledge um, simply because they're, they're very dedicated uh, you know, to your player, to your kid. You, know, you go back and you look at someone like a James Blake uh, who was working with Brian from the age of like 13 or 14, I, I believe. And, and Brian was a, was a good local professional but had never worked with anyone that had gotten to four in the world the way James did under his tutelage. And it's something rare to see, you know, someone that's a, a junior coach at 13, 14, working with someone all the way to uh, center court, you know, at Wimbledon or, you know, being in the box at the U.S. Open the way he was. And they obviously had a, a very successful career uh, together. Um, but first and foremost, they really cared. He really cared about James a lot to the point where if you read James's book, He'll even say that my parents sometimes would look at uh, the, the early lessons that we had and we spent like 30, 45 minutes uh, discussing life and philosophies and character building and things like that. And the parents were like, is this guy going to hit some tennis balls with my kid at any point here? And uh, what am I paying him for? And obviously the, uh, the success was there long term. So it worked out pretty well. Um, so that's what I would say is the, uh, you know, Number one, A and B, things that you need to be looking for in a coach. And somewhere down the road, we'll get a little bit more into the weeds of it and uh, get a little more granular and, and talk about the, the different things that I feel are important. So thanks for listening and uh, good luck. Thank you, Robert Gomez, for your insight on junior tennis right here in South Florida. I really liked his blend of finding the coach that is really invested in your kid as well as his or her resume or experience. I think it's a crucial blend to finding the right connection that will raise your child's performance to his maximum. Well, we're going to continue to dive into junior tennis on Saturdays. And of course, Robert Gomez of Tier 1 Tennis will be back. As like he said, we're going to get really into the nuts and bolts and the granular aspect of developing a junior tennis player. Well, this is Brian Lutz of Find Your Aha Moment. Please go on to iTunes to rate, 
review, and subscribe to this podcast so you can get notified each day with a fresh episode. Thanks for listening. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's when push comes to I knew it.